Hey friends, welcome to Padre's Coffee Bar, part two of our series going through the Gospel of Luke called Ground and Found. As followers of Jesus, we are called to be clothed in him. Are we? Get yourself a coffee and your Bible. Let's talk about it. So again, welcome friends. Good to have you here. My name is Father Alan. And in Luke's Gospel account of the Transfiguration, he says that Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up a high mountain, and he is transfigured. His face becomes radiant, and his clothes become dazzling white. And there is no superfluous words in Scripture. Whatever is there is there for our contemplation, our meditation, uh, chewing upon it, being fed upon the Word. And I just thought, thinking about you know, all the clothing references that there are in Luke's Gospel. I came across a reflection by Father Peter John Cameron, the Dominican priest, who talks about this. And the goal here in this session is to get us to consider, you know, how might the Lord in this season of Lent uh, be calling me uh, to cast aside old pieces of clothing that I'm wearing in the spiritual life? Anger, resentment, bitterness, fear, jealousy, suspicion, greed, lust, avarice, you name it. All these old pieces of clothing that are just clinging on to us from the world, the flesh, and the devil. And open our hearts to the Lord Jesus in the power of his Holy Spirit to give us a new spiritual wardrobe of joy and peace and serenity and gratitude and generosity etc. But it will involve, like this whole series is about, allowing ourselves to be ground by the Lord, but it is for a good. It is that we can be found. We can find, again, a new deeper relationship with Him that flows into our identity, that flows then into the mission that we have on the front lines of the new evangelization. You're going to hear me say that a lot in the next little while because each of us has a part to play by our baptism, by our confirmation, by the gifts, the power, movement, grace of the Holy Spirit that we open ourselves up to. The Lord is inviting us to cooperate with him. So get your Bibles out. We are going to go through all the different clothing references that are in the Gospel of Luke. Before I start, I need some caffeine because it's a pretty long list. Okay, so here we go. From the very beginning, at the birth of Jesus, the gospel tells us that he was wrapped in swaddling clothes. And this harkens back to one of Jesus' other ancestors in the divinic line, a Solomon, who himself, when he was born, was wrapped in swaddling clothes. So Luke means to let us know that Jesus is of the Davidic line. And then the shepherds have their appearance of the archangels uh, testifying to the birth of Jesus. And they are told to go to Jerusalem and there you will find the child in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. And so clothing is used as a clue. It's used as a sign by the Lord to lead us to himself. That's what you got to look for. That's what you're going to find. And when you find it, you'll know that you're in the right place and you are encountering the proper person, Jesus himself. The Lord, when he begins his public ministry, he says, whoever has two cloaks 
should share with one person who has none. And so what piece of clothing am I holding on to that is prohibiting me, stumbling me in the spiritual life, but also in the temporal life, like, you know, the, the clothes that we have, think of your closets, your drawers, the wardrobe at your house. Like what pieces of clothing are we holding on to that we really don't need? Because shoes that we're no longer using or shirts, pants, jackets, hats, whatever, that we haven't used in a long, long time, really don't belong to us. They belong to the poor. And one way for us to give alms in the season of Lent, one way for us to cooperate with the Lord in grinding us so we can be found uh, in the new life that he has for us is just divesting ourselves of stuff that we don't need. We have so many things we don't need to say, Lord, give it away. And what is that one thing that I would perhaps find most difficult to give up, even though I haven't used it, worn it, looked at it in, I don't know, a couple years? Like your size 30 skinny jeans. <laughs> probably, did, probably didn't even fit the day we bought them. And we're still holding on to them because someday, just say, Lord, give me the grace just to let go. From the person who takes your cloak, Jesus says, do not withhold even your tunic. So this flows from what I just said about this spirit of detachment. Like all that we have is really a gift. All that we have is only ours to use for a brief period of time. We can't take anything with us. So why do we hold on to it? This is this desperation. Why do we find our identity in what we have? When the reality is that our identity comes from God, our Father, who tells us who we are, that we are his beloved daughters and beloved sons. And it's not contingent about how much stuff I have. People ask to borrow things. Do we willingly allow them to borrow things? Or do we have this hesitation of holding on? Like it's, it's mine, right? It belongs to me and I don't want to let it go. Jesus cures the demoniac man who for a long period of time was naked. He just ran around <laughs> without any clothes on. And the interesting thing about this encounter with Jesus and the demoniac in Luke's gospel is that when he cures Jesus, when he sets him free from being possessed by the devil, the gospel says he is in his right mind and he is then fully clothed. You see, Satan mocks our original innocence. Adam and Eve created in the image and likeness of God in the garden were naked without shame. And so Satan wants to mock that by totally possessing this poor man and he runs around naked, but Jesus restores him. And like Mary that we hear about in Luke's gospel as well, he, this demoniac, when he's set free, he is found sitting at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus, sends him out. Jesus sends him back. Go back to where he came from and testify to what has happened to you in your life. And what this man is able to testify to is that when he and we are clothed in Christ, we are in our right mind and we are restored to grace, restored to a new life, restored to salvation and a relationship with the Lord and we are in our right mind and we are fully clothed. The woman with the hemorrhage, 
who says, if I but to touch just the fringe of the cloak of Jesus, I will be healed. And she reaches out in the crowd and touches the Lord Jesus and is instantly healed. Now, Jesus, as a good Jew, was just following the attire requirements. He was wearing what he was supposed to be wearing. The Old Testament says that the faithful Jews were to wear tassels, and these tassels were a reminder of the necessity of following the commandments of God. And so this woman is just reaching out to God, and she encounters God in Jesus, and she is healed. Praise God for that. The Lord, when he commissions his disciples, he says to them, take nothing for the journey. Let no one take a second tunic. And again, it's this spirit of detachment. It is a spirit of poverty that my reliance is upon the Lord. Yes, I have to do my part. The Lord Jesus provides what I need, doesn't always give me what I want. And those of you who are parents, you know the difference between what your child needs and what your child wants. But do I truly, honestly trust the Lord? That if he is sending me out on a particular mission as part of the new evangelization, that he is going to provide. Because he is a God who loves us. He's not someone who sends us out in order to see us stumble collapse and fall under the weight of everything and relying upon ourselves, He gives us what we need in order to say yes to what he's calling us to do. And again, this, this season of Lent is an opportunity for us to divest ourselves of so many things through prayer, fasting, almsgiving, that can slowly whittle away this false sense of self-reliance that can creep into our life. I'm okay. I got this. I'm good. But that's not a very good place to be in the spiritual life. It's best to rely upon the Lord who provides everything that we need. Luke is the only one who records the story of the Good Samaritan who comes across the man who was stripped and then beaten. And he cares for this man out of his own resources. And the interesting thing about this story is that the man was stripped first and then he was beaten by the robbers. As if to say, you know what, I don't want to wear this guy's clothes if they have blood on them. So let's just strip this guy first and then we'll beat him up. In essence, they're putting his possessions, making his possessions more valuable than himself. Can I identify with that in my own life? Again, this, this inordinate attachment, and we're talking about clothes here, right? This inordinate attachment uh, to the clothes that I have that, again, I'm not even using. I'm not even wearing. You think to yourself, you know, like when you were in high school or university, you had, you know, your favorite shirt, your favorite dress, your favorite pair of boots, whatever. Like, like where are they now? You use them for a while, but over time, they just kind of were cast aside or let go of or whatever, you know? So why do we put so much time and energy and focus into, you know, so much, so many of the externals, right? When the Lord is saying the real clothes that matter are the clothes that I want to give you in the power and grace of my Holy Spirit. Generosity, love, forbearance, 
charity, compassion, mercy, forgiveness, all that this good Samaritan showed to this poor man who was stripped and then beaten and left by the side of the road. Being part of the body of Christ, being clothed with Christ, I'm called to love my neighbor. Love my neighbor who is right in front of me. And we don't have to look too far for opportunities to practice uh, charity and mercy uh, towards others. Jesus says, I'm going to read this whole quote because it's a long one. Not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like the wildflowers. If God so clothes the grass in the field that grows today and is thrown in the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you? Why do we doubt God's providence? If God is providing what I need today, God is giving to me today my daily bread. We ask for that in the Our Father. Give us this day our daily bread. That is, give us what we need today to know and do your will today. Then why do I doubt that tomorrow he is not going to provide? Where does that come from? Where does that, that fear come from? This is part of the old clothing that the Lord says, I want you to cast that off. I'm offering you my grace. You're going to grind your life, cast that off, and you'll find yourself uh, with a new, spruced up, better fitting, <laughs> much more attractive uh, wardrobe than what we possibly have now. I heard someone say recently, recently that uh, if you're living in anger, you become a spiritual porcupine. Like, who, <laughs> who wants to be a spiritual porcupine right you don't want to get too close to a porcupine so just say lord just i want to cast off this this shirt or this uh, sweater of anger that i'm wearing and i want to get a new sweater uh, a new shirt of, of joy and peace that comes from from you jesus the the prodigal son story we all we know it by heart right luke chapter 15 the father says when the son returns quick bring out the best robe and put it on him and Father Peter John Cameron, his meditation on this scene, he wrote that no matter how lost we may get because of our own selfishness and defiance and rebellion toward God, no matter how awful the ruin we bring upon ourselves through self-indulgence and insistence on doing things our way, no matter how wasted, squalid, and squandered the sum of our life might seem, the Father waits with an aching heart to clothe us with the finest robe. Isn't that beautiful? When we come to our senses as he did and return to the Father, and I'll have much more to say about this in episode three, the Lord is waiting for us. And the Lord wants to take that old clothing. You imagine the clothes that this prodigal son had on his back when he returns after all he had been through. Take all those off and put on this fine new robe. No questions asked. God's greatest pleasure is to forgive us. Why do we hesitate to receive his mercy? Why do we hesitate? Why do we think, well, no, this time, you know, the Lord's going to be upset at me. No, he's not. He's just waiting for us to return to him. So come back to him. 
Let him take all those old clothes off that we have on our back that we've been carrying around for a long time. And let him let us let him give us a, a new a spiritual wardrobe. It's a very it's a very just it's just beautiful just a beautiful image to reflect upon. The parable of uh, the rich man and Lazarus that we have in Luke's gospel. And by the way, Lazarus is the only character to be mentioned by name in a parable. That gospel excerpt says that this man was dressed in purple garments and fine linen oblivious to the dignity and the value of a fellow human being sleeping literally outside his door in abject squalor and poverty. Now, how do we apply this to our own life? Can we see anything of ourselves, of the rich man, in our own life? Because there are many Lazaruses around. We come across somebody that is asking for help, we come across somebody who is obviously in distress, needs help of some kind or another, what do we do? Do we do what the Good Samaritan did and look after him, help out where we can? Or are we more likely to avert our eyes, maybe step over somebody, even literally cross the street, I don't want to talk to them, I don't want to deal with them. But the reality is, my dear friends, that Jesus comes to us under many different disguises. And as he uses clothes as a clue to trigger an inquiry about himself, or even to find him, as the shepherds did in Bethlehem. So the Lord Jesus will come to us under many disguises. And we just need to be attentive and aware of that. There's a song like, I'm entertaining angels unawares, right? Am I possibly entertaining Jesus unawares, on my street, in my neighborhood, out, fr out front of my workplace, etc. So we just want to be people who are, again, generous, willing to serve, uh, being available, and understanding that, but by the grace of God, that's me. That's me. I could easily be there in a heartbeat. Or maybe I once was there. And I need to remember that, yeah, it's God's grace. I am where I am right now. So what can I do to serve others? On the day of Jesus' entry into Jerusalem, the crowds spread their cloaks on the road uh, before him. And there's a very good meditation in the breviary for Palm Sunday that says, basically, am I willing to lay down my life before Jesus rather than a palm that quickly dries up and withers. The crowd that said, Hosanna, five days later said, crucify him. So this, again, this willingness, Jesus, stir up in me, in us, uh, a desire to surrender ourselves to you completely, to give of ourselves over to you, Jesus, always keeping in mind, like what Jesus has done for us. Jesus was very frequently uh, condemning the scribes and the Pharisees. And specifically, he spoke out against the scribes who like to walk around in long robes, greeted, being greeted obsequiously. <laughs> Had a classmate in seminary. That was his favorite word. Obsequious. 
It's about vanity, right? Look at me, people. Look at me. Pay attention to me. And we see that again in our culture today, right? And I'm not, I'm not pointing the finger at anybody. You know, if I point the finger at you, because these three fingers pointing back at me, I'm susceptible to it as well, right? This overwhelming preoccupation, like, how do I look? <laughs> you know, what are people thinking about me? Do people notice me, right? You know, I go for a run here in Ottawa. And at one time, I would be running along and you know, people wouldn't move. I have to go around them. And I'm like, what's wrong with these people? Like, don't they see me? <laughs> and my spiritual director said, well, Alan, it's really not about you. Okay, let's, let's begin there. It's not, it's not about you. And the reality is, the truth is, they probably don't see you. Because so many people are just wrapped up in their, their own little world. Anyway. Why do I do what I do? Why do I wear what I wear? Is it to attract attention to myself and say, Lord Jesus, help me to grow in humility. Help me to be humble. Help me to be small. Help me to be quiet, Lord Jesus. It's not about attracting attention uh, to me. I want people to be, yes, attracted to me, you know, because of, of my faith, but ultimately it's to move their hearts to give glory to God and to open their own hearts to make an inquiry of God vis-a-vis uh, -vis themselves. When uh, Jesus went to see Herod, uh, who was curious to see him, he was sent back to Pilate, and the Gospel records that he was sent back wearing resplendent garb. Again, in, in mockery uh, by Herod, sending him back to Pilate. And the whole encounter with Herod and this resplendent garb is teaching us a lesson that it's not about curiosity, it's about faith. And if I want to experience the healing power and grace of Jesus, I accept in faith who he, who he is. Faith, F-A-I-T-H, finally admit I trust him. Consider how Herod's life could have been different if he had at that moment with Jesus standing right there before him, this man he was, the Gospel says, so curious to encounter, had responded uh, differently. But alas, he did not. At the crucifixion, the soldiers divided Jesus' garments by casting lots. And now the Lord Jesus was completely exposed to the mob. He had nothing left. He was completely ground. But he was also completely free. Into your hands, Lord, I commend my spirit. It is finished. And we'll reflect upon that on a good Palm Sunday and a good Friday in a few weeks' time as we come to the end of our time of Lent. But the spiritual life is giving Jesus permission to move every day in our life. I know sometimes the temptation to kind of look down the road a bit further but for today like what is the lord asking me to consider today again do i consider how the lord jesus willingly freely put himself in that position everything was lost but yet everything was indeed found by jesus dying on the cross for us and as he looked into their hearts and loved them so jesus saw your face and mine as he hung there fully exposed to the crowd, but he looked at us with love. And do we look upon the crucifix 
uh, with love, knowing that Jesus, you again, willingly allowed yourself to go through all this to save me. And what am I wearing? What clothes am I wearing? What's, what is, what's covering up the true reality of my life, the true state of my soul? Jesus sees our souls. He loves us. And he's saying, allow me to take off those old clothes and allow me to clothe you in me, Jesus says. After his death, he was wrapped in a linen cloth and placed in a tomb. And again, the cloth, clothing, in Luke's gospel, is used as a clue, as a key, like a trigger to consider. And the Lord, again, in placing and being, being placed in the tomb, wrapped in this linen cloth, is using this as a way to proclaim that, yes, I have been fully ground. I'm now dead. But we know with hindsight, how the story ends. The tomb will indeed be found empty. So that which is ground is indeed found. There we go again. That's that catchy little phrase. <laughs> no ground, no found. <laughs> and then on Easter Sunday morning, Peter looks into the tomb and he sees that the cloth is there alone. Again, it's used as a clue. It's a trigger. Hey, there is the burial cloth that Jesus is buried in. Where's Jesus? Jesus is not here. And so Peter, again, he goes to the tomb and the Lord has left a clue again along the way to prompt us to make an inquiry and ultimately an act of faith. And so what clues is Jesus leaving for me along my own spiritual journey? What inspirations, what promptings, what kind of ding, kind of lights going off in the brain every now and then, like, whoa, hey, like, maybe the Lord's saying something to me here. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, these clues that the Lord uses. Maybe somebody told you about this ground and found Lenten program. So you're here. Praise God for that. Just allow the Lord to stir up in your heart whatever he wants to stir up in your heart here today. Now, Luke was a contemporary of St. Paul. He may have went on a few of Paul's apostolic journeys. And I wonder if Luke was somehow influenced by Paul in this use of clothing imagery in his gospel, because Paul mentions it as well. Now, now Paul is not exactly somebody I would associate with fashion <laughs> just by the way he's described in scripture what he's been through in scripture how he writes in scripture is like yeah i don't think this guy is exactly like you know size 30 skinny jeans like golf shirt with the button way up the top i yeah i, I don't think so <laughs> you know man bun i i i, I no <laughs> but yet saint paul has a lot to say to us about spiritual fashion now that's really what I'm talking about here, uh, spiritual fashion. This is what St. Paul says, and I'll put the scripture references uh, on the bottom of the screen here as, uh, as I go through them. You must put away, that is take off, all anger, fury, malice, slander, and obscene language. Stop lying to one another. And since you have taken off the old self with its practices, 
and I put on the new self, put on then heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Over all these, put on love. That is the bond of perfection. He goes on to say, For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. Put on the new self. Put on the Lord Jesus. Our citizenship is in heaven. He will change our lowly body to conform to his glorified body. And so when our earthly body is ground, and we cooperate with the Lord, particularly in this season of Lent, through our prayers, fastings, almsgiving, we can find ourselves then clothed in the glory of Christ. The transformation, the change that happens, it is what the Lord does. But the Lord, because he's a gentleman, not a bully, he waits for us to give him permission. He waits for us to open the door of our heart, maybe just a little bit more, and he begins to work in a, in a new and powerful way. And that, my dear friends, is something that we can experience. He wants to do it for us, but he waits for us to give him permission. Again, Father Peter John Cameron says that what we do with our clothing reveals the disposition of our heart towards Christ. What are we doing with our clothing? I'm not just talking about what's in our wardrobe at home. What are we doing with the spiritual clothing that we have? Am I again willing to say, Jesus, I need a new wardrobe. <laughs> These pants, this shirt, this old hat, and the spiritual life I'm holding on to, it doesn't fit. It's just falling apart. It smells. I'm missing buttons. The Lord says, just give it to me. Give it to me. I will cast it away. And I'll give you some new clothes that really fit, that look pretty sharp, right? That just say, whoa, this is a well-dressed woman. This is a well-dressed man. And you say, yep, it's because of what Jesus is offering to me in my life. Now, Jesus, because he's Jesus, gets the last word. Well, at least in Luke's gospel. <laughs> his final word to his disciples. Stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Now, when I was ordained a deacon, and then later ordained a priest, I was clothed. Father Tom Villeneuve. God bless you, Father Tom. If you're listening to this today, love you, praying for you. Carry on one day at a time. But Father Tom Villeneuve uh, dressed me. He put on the, the dramatic and he put on my, when I was ordained a deacon, and he put on uh, the chasuble when I was ordained a priest. And there's, there's just something kind of, I don't know, it's just kind of weird about being dressed by somebody else, right? You know, the, the dalmatic goes on, or the chasuble goes on, and it kind of like, which arm goes in first, and kind of like, you know, the mess up the hair, and the glasses kind of go crooked, or something, and this, put this thing on straight, kind of thing, you know. It, it, it's an act of humility itself. And uh, one of the, uh, the parallel experiences we have in the Companions of the Cross here is that the General Superior, uh, once a year, will give uh, brothers their crosses, 
whether it's an applicant's cross or a temporary cross or a, uh, li the lifetime cross that uh, we priests uh, wear around our neck. And again, it's, it's, it's an opportunity uh, you know, it's, it's, it's humbling, right? Like, you know, the, sometimes the, like the rope is not uh, long enough and the head's too big or the, the ears, you know, kind of get caught or again, the glasses or the hair gets messed up and uh, people kind of chuckle a little bit and ha ha ha, you know, but it's all part of the deal, right? Uh, it's being dressed by, by somebody else. But what the Lord is saying in this gospel passage to his disciples and what he's saying to us today is, hold on. Don't move. Be patient. Let me clothe you. It's worth the wait. And so with all these references to clothing in Luke's Gospel, I think it's time for us uh, to pray now. I think I've given uh, you and myself enough to consider for the next uh, few days before episode three uh, comes out. Even messed up my own glasses here. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> anyway, okay. So we we just better pray here. Okay, so so Lord Jesus, we do thank you again for the gift of this day. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your love and your providence in each of our lives. We thank you, Jesus, for bringing so many people to encounter you through this ministry. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the generosity of my brothers and sisters who make this ministry possible. We offer to you, Lord Jesus, our lives. We just want to open, Lord Jesus, uh, the doors of our spiritual wardrobe and say, Lord, you just take all these old clothes that we're carrying around in our spiritual life and just be done with them. And Lord Jesus, we ask for and willingly receive uh, the gift of your new spiritual wardrobe. Lord. We pray, Lord Jesus, for the grace to continue to say yes to you as we are ground in this season of Lent, Lord, that we can truly be found, found with the new wardrobe, Lord, and all the spiritual gifts and blessings that you are offering to us. We continue, Lord Jesus, to pray for that one person listening here who is carrying a very heavy burden that you would minister to their life, Jesus, right now in your power and your grace. We continue, Lord Jesus, to plead and intercede for the war in Ukraine. We pray, Lord Jesus, for the repose of souls of all those who have died. We pray, Lord Jesus, for all those who have been displaced. Families, Lord Jesus, that have been torn apart. Husbands, wives, children, Lord Jesus, who are distraught, not knowing where their family, friends, or relatives are. And Lord Jesus, we just pray for the grace to be open and generous and men and women of peace, Lord. Bring a peace in the world, Jesus, by beginning with peace in our own hearts. And may Almighty God bless you through the powerful intercession of our Blessed Mother Mary and Saint Joseph, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, God bless you there. Enjoy the rest of your uh, day. If you'd like to send me a comment, or like, or share, or subscribe to this channel. I very much encourage you uh, to do that. Remember that when we are powerless, that's when we're strong, and victory is indeed gained through surrender. Bye-bye.